when you first got to the varsity basketball team at Rayburn High School, was there somebody that busted your butt and welcomed you to the varsity? Um, not, not typically. Um, there was a good relationship between um, the high school, the main feed, and then the, the feeder schools. And so um, we're fortunate to always go to their open gyms and kind of build that relationship early on. Um, I think my biggest level of competition was, was usually the guys, um, you know, with my bigger brothers and cousins. And then my brothers playing basketball. I was always going to their practices at Rayburn. And, um, you know, so I knew their coaches pretty well. And I think that's why I got pretty good. And uh, I was just playing with the boys all the time. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not the first, you know, out of, you're my fifth basketball, girls basketball coach I've had on the show. And you're five out of five have said you played predominantly with boys growing up. So yeah. was, that, was that something that you felt like helped you whenever you, you, you burst onto the high school scene uh, playing girls basketball? Or how, how do you feel uh, about that experience? Yeah, you know, because, you know, my, you know, a lot of boys would say, oh, you play like a dude, you know, and you mm -hmm. took it as a compliment. Yeah. Um, but also too, like when you could score against a guy, that meant it was so much easier to score against a girl. Uh, the only difference was like, you know, the ball change, obviously, um, I could actually play better with the boys basketball than a girls basketball. Cause I was so used to playing with guys and they would never want to play with the girls basketball. Um, I mean, still to this day, a lot of boys refuse to play with the girls basketball because <laughs> it says it messes up their shot, but here are the girls scoring on the boys with the boys right, basketball. Right. Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, typically majority of the girls that play with guys I mean it's a faster speed but you know they're stronger and um they're uh, the game is a lot is played a lot um more so with basic fundamentals that girls can't do you know seventh grade versus a boy in seventh grade and so um yeah I'm very appreciative of my brothers playing basketball and, and their coaches allowing me like coach Ortiz I still think about that guy you know and he's a Pasadena legend as far as you know in the basketball and softball world and so I'm very appreciative of those people you know opening their doors for me It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy Alright, welcome back to another brand new uh, episode of the Team Player Podcast This is episode number 25, y'all I've got a very special guest This is someone when I first became the head head coach and campus athletic coordinator at Aldine High School this is, I think this is the first coach that I met So she, we go way back, holds a special place in my heart she guided her current squad to a third place finish in District 22-6A and punched their ticket to another back-to-back -back state playoff berth. She is the head girls basketball coach of the Pasadena Memorial Mavericks. Welcome, Jennifer Salazar, to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, if you're a part of the team player movement, please make sure you've given us those five-star reviews. It takes 10 seconds, but that helps us so much. That way, more people, when they search for sports podcasts, they're going to find our show. Uh, leave a review. I'll read them on the air every time that I get a new one. 
hit the follow button to subscribe and get all the latest uh, uh, episodes in your queue as soon as they come out every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. We'd be honored the Team Player Podcast made it into your rotation. And then you can keep up with Team Player Podcast updates by following me. I'm, I'm James Kovaleski. I'm your host on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, Coach, let's dive into it. You mm-hmm. said, now you said this. These are words that you said. I don't get in trouble with my other friends from Pasadena. You said you grew up in Stinkadena. And yes, I, that, I did hear that term growing up, but I, I don't dare say that to Coach Ojeda or Jimmy Hammond or Carmen Solis Martinez because I, <laughs> I don't want to you know, get them to, to punch me in the face. But uh, you said you grew up in Stinkadena. You probably hooped at every park, church, and gym in Southeast Houston. You maybe even snuck into a lot of those gyms too to get the access. So just t- talk about your, your experience uh, growing up as a child in Pasadena. Um, yeah, you know, stink, Stinkadena, I still call it Stinkadena. <laughs> um it it was actually really hard um going back to work over there in 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 Pasadena because um you know home home will always be home but like yeah that smell is just (laughs) I still get it when I pass 610 going towards Pasadena because I live in her loop in her city and as soon as I first took the job I kid you not every morning for about I want to say four months, I could, I could smell as soon as I, you know, sure, hit that sure. Pasadena uh, after 610. So it was kind of funny, um, you know, with all those oil industries and stuff, but yeah, Stinkadina or what's the other one? Um, Pass a get down Dina is one yeah. that I always heard also. Pass I like that one better. <laughs> well, it's cause there's a lot of cowboys, you know, so they're, yeah. they're like two-stepping. Uh, right. I think the, uh, what's that movie with John Travolta? He started out in Pasadena, uh, urban cowboy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no. yeah. So Pasadena has like a rich history. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big community, but it's a small kind of town. So everybody kind of knows each other. So yeah, I used to hoop at every park, every, every gym, every church. And it was kind of um, like Cal gym. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that, Okay. but that's where a lot of like NBA players really? from like eighties okay. and nineties would go over there and play basketball and, um, I mean, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, just the whole basketball community side of things, you know, and the baseball, you know, they have that yeah. whole softball, you know, uh, big, the saddle belt, I think is what it's called. And it's yeah. huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had access to a lot of gyms. I was fortunate and when we get, um, you know, we would befriend a janitor that would open up the gym for us or, Love it. uh, one of the, you know, um, um, one of the kids, their mom was a booster, like a board member. And so she had access to like Philip Jim. Don't tell like yeah. my athletic director, but oh. we used to oh, hop wow. in in there. That's yeah. the district gymnasium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, back then they didn't have alarms and stuff. Sure, so sure. it was different. And so the janitor let us in or whether it was Bailey's parents putting us in there. Yeah. It was just, it was cool. It was cool. Now we can't do that. <laughs> so. right. Yeah, no, no. Now, and one, you know, now all that uh, Simply Safe and all these advanced, you know, security systems this makes it hard for kids these days. But, uh, you know, you, yeah. you, you shared one memory with me that you were, you know, you're zoned to Rayburn in, in seventh grade while you're in middle school. You went to an open gym and T dribbled it over a girl playing defense and on in full transition, she dribbled oh, yeah. over a girl. So oh, t- man, tell us so that story. Yeah. So uh, we're just open gym and like, uh, you know, um, yeah, I went to Bondi. So it was a feed school. Mm-hmm. And so Raven players were constantly going to our gym because back then it was Joby was like the powerhouse. And then it was oh, okay. South Houston. Yeah. South Houston was the next one because that's when you had uh, Latoya Davis who played at Tech, you know. Wow, yeah. Um, and so at Rayburn, you had T. T was their best player. And 
Um, she was unorthodox. I don't, you know, honestly, I don't really know where she went to go play basketball because she was a lot older than I was. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just saw her just dribble basketball as my cousins would do to me when I was younger, but she <laughs> did it to another girl in high school. And I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, that's like, I get it, you know? And so I would go watch her play and I got to see her play against like Aaron Grant, you know? Yeah who's a who's phenomenal Houstonian basketball player yeah. now coaches at Arizona I think I'm not okay. sure where she but um yeah you know basketball in Pasadena it was it was kind of the staple ground now it's like Cy Fair and yeah. you know the yeah. Clear Creek schools and stuff but you know back then Pasadena had a name with Dobie and absolutely uh, Soho and Stinkadina and <laughs> <laughs> yeah well no you know you 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 talk about that you were in the Rayburn zone. We, we recently had Jimmy Hammond. Um, he's the head football coach at seven lakes. He went to Rayburn high school look, much earlier than you, but he talked about that. He, he loved the Don keys restaurant. And he took us there before we went oh. to scouting at a game at veterans more. So we loved it. We had got some couple of them donkey Rita's and we're having a great time. I mean, do, do, do you also eat there or, or do you have any stories from that, that establishment? Um, well, donkeys is, it's still there. By yeah. the way. <laughs> oh, all the teachers and all the coaches yeah. all talk about it too. How like it's a good happy hour, you yeah. know, spot after work. Great atmosphere. Um, you know, I I went um, recently with some coaches as well because you know that's where everybody wants to celebrate somebody's birthday, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it is a staple. Back then, though, it was only a house, and now it's like completely renovated. Oh, wow. and they have like actual like a parking lot. Like back okay. then, yeah. if you were going to go in there, you're, you were going to bust a tire. So <laughs> it's like completely redone now. Um, but like, no, my favorite growing up was probably around Chico. Okay. Like, that's the spot. Like everyone, and they moved new, uh, to a new location too. And they're like brand new remodeled building as well. But uh, Ranchito is more my style. Donkey was um, more of a... Um, if you had all the money, go there. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Hey, no, I love it. So, hey, Ronchitos, check it out. Like, and that's not a paid advertisement, but I'm just telling no, you, if you're going to Pasadena, not. check out Donkey Donkeys or Ronchitos. So, we got two team player alums giving us those suggestions. So, definitely worth it. And then, so you you end up you going to you go to Sam Rayburn High School. And one story that you told um, is that as a fresh, you, you lettered immediately as a freshman in, in the cross country mm-hmm. team, which I know is kind of in the fall at the beginning of the year. So you step foot yeah. on campus, you make the varsity, you're a 14 year old running against 18 year olds. So what, what was that experience like? Oh man, it was, I had a great, um, middle school, like Bondi. It was yeah. great. We were undefeated. I think, uh, well, I know for sure we're undefeated in every sport, my two years there. And it wasn't just me, like my, my teammates at that time, they're really good. Um, and we, uh, we kind of stuck together. We grew up doing the get fit jog, the pump mm-hmm. pass and kick. And, um, we started early on competing and it kind of just let us on move forward. And so I think my class, whether it was at Rayburn, South Houston, Dobie, um, it was, a uh, an athlete class for sure. Yeah. Cause majority of those kids, um, or they're not kids, they're my age, yeah. but majority of those people in, in, in that grade level, um, went on and played at like a D one or D two level, um, and mastered. I mean, the only reason why I made varsity, my cross, you know, for cross country, and we went to regionals, we went pretty far, yeah. uh, was because of a, a girl named Danielle Springer. 
I had to think about that name. But like, I mean, she was running miles like five, five ten, and I was running wow. it at five forty five, and I oh, wow. still couldn't catch up to yeah. her. Yeah. And she, I mean, she literally the wind would carry her. And uh, <laughs> but again, there was um about four of us freshmen that you know made varsity our freshman mm-hmm. year because when we we're at Bondi, we would come in first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Wow, yeah, always in one group and. Yeah. Um, my coach um, from Bondi, she would run with us like at 5 30, 6 o'clock in the mornings, and she was our rabbit. That's awesome. And so we made sure we kept up with her pace. And then um, Coach Prop or Coach Rocker, however you know her, she's at Rayburn. She's a, a cross country legend coach, and she would take us to the beach on Saturdays and would go running on the beach. I mean, we'd run for like six miles, but awesome. we didn't know. Yeah. We, yeah. we were just like trying to keep up with our coach, and then she would barbecue and so it was a fun experience. So even though I was super young and, um, you know, competing against these 18 year olds, it was kind of a family of, you know, it was like a herd almost, you know, you were like a family and we ran together, we, we cooked together, we yeah. sweated. I mean, we did things that were kind of unorthodox, like, like running on, you know, the, uh, overpass of a freeway, you know, Wow. yeah. but wow. like, you can't do that now, but back sure. then you're like, okay, like let's go run on that Baytown bridge. Like the Ship Channel there. Bridge, you're running over that thing. Uh, we Big ran over or? the um, what is the one like going to 25 towards um Beaumont? Yeah, I, I don't know. You you know the area better than me. I just but it's not that super tall one, right? It's not the Ship Channel. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. The, okay. It's not the Beltway Eight one. It's gotcha. the one okay. further okay. down. I see. Okay. She parked the bus. I'll never forget that. She parked the bus <laughs> and then she gets out and then she just starts running and we're like. Uh, do we catch up with her? We go. So we all start getting off, and she's like, "Keep to the right." And sure enough, I mean, we we ran that huge bridge. But I mean, it was unorthodox that we went far, and I'm very appreciative. And maybe that's where I get my craziness is from my cross country coach. <laughs> sure, no, I love it, and I think we can file that under things that we did when we were in school that probably wouldn't fly today. I'm sure <laughs> you know people wouldn't wouldn't be down for that. And while you're at Rayburn, you know, you you were. You did. I didn't realize you did all these sports, but cross country, volleyball, of course, basketball, track, and tennis. Had no idea you were varsity in cross country, basketball, and track. But then, really, you ended up going to Soho, and that's where you really kind of really burst onto the scene. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in the basketball community here in, in the Houston area. Again, talking to a couple of team player podcast alums. You know, again, filing under things that happened in the past that don't happen today. We talked to Cirilla Ojeda. I don't know if you know him, but he's now the yeah. head. He's the campus athletic coordinator, Aldine, you know, where we were at. And so I've, I really like, he and I have a great relationship. I'm really excited, you know, for Aldine Mustang athletics going forward. But he told the story when he was a student at Pasadena, they used to like uh, burn Hector the Trojan in like, they burnt like a burn, like a copy of the mascot, you know, an effigy and stuff like that. And egg people's houses and, <laughs> you know, all of those yeah. kinds of things. And I talked to Jimmy Hammond who went to Rayburn and he said, yeah, we kind of did the same thing. And so now I have my first Soho guest. I'm curious, did you guys get down as much as they did? Or maybe you're younger, maybe some of that stuff stopped or, or, or were you doing some of those things to your rival mascot? Uh, it was, it was, it was a tradition actually. Yeah. Like it was yeah. funny because like, like I was telling you at the very beginning, like Pasadena is, is, is kind of big, but it's actually a small community. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I think on, um, like, for example, like Shaver, right? Like, oh, you don't know what Shaver is, but like South Houston yeah, is on the same street or the front of the school is the same street as the back of the school of Pasadena. Yeah. So like a lot of it is same street, same neighborhoods. And so like, for example, I went to South Houston Elementary 
and um but i went to bondi intermediate which like two different areas of the town yeah and so you get to know all these people and then plus when you're going to different like fields and you're playing basketball or you're playing football whatever you're knowing the person from Dobie or you're knowing the person from Rayburn. And so yeah. it's a small community. And so you end up building those bonds. And then you, when you play each other, um, it wasn't like, you know, nowadays a lot of kids are transferring yeah. schools. Well, back then it wasn't, you just stuck to your school and you, you know, you stuck there and uh, it was the pride and it was about the mission and whatnot. So you, you, you kind of like when you're about to play Pasadena, yeah, you wanted to go throw toilet paper at their house right before <laughs> yeah. you can play them. Love absolutely it. um because that was your friend you yeah. know yeah yeah i um, love it you're the fourth person from pasadena that i've had on the show right? yourself jimmy hammond from rayburn and then cirilla ojeda and carmen solis martinez the head volleyball coach at pasadena high school and she went mm-hmm. to pasadena every single one of y'all live there you know from like k through 12 i mean you, you stay in that community and carmen solis martinez told me kobo like in, in Pasadena, like it's our, it's family, it's family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we watch after each other's back, you know? And yep. I just thought that was so cool. Do you feel that you didn't go to Pasadena high or you didn't finish a Rayburn? You were at Soho, but was it kind of the same atmosphere at Soho as well? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> it's funny. Cause like when we play South Houston and I'm at Memorial now, yeah. um, and we're playing the girls and whatnot, I'll have fans that like, we'll say traitor, you oh, know? <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. I like it's funny, or even when I'm at Rayburn, like yeah. I'm playing against Rayburn because I played at both schools, and so yeah. it's like it's like the community, like the families are having children that the children are going to that school that are now seeing their kids play, and they're playing against me in my new school, and they're yeah. like, "Oh no, you're you're terrible, yeah. you're a terrible person." <laughs> but yeah, oh, no, wow. Carmen, I know Carmen really well, and Carmen. Oh, okay. and, um, Carmen and I used to work together when I when I coached at Pasadena High School. I, I coached at Pasadena High as well. I don't even remember that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I first started off at Queens Intermediate and Southeastern Intermediate, I was the associate head coach at Pasadena High School. Very and cool. so I okay. worked there um 2010 to 2012, right before okay. I got to Alden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, Carmen, that's when I first met Carmen and all those group of girls. And, um, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It it is a small community. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a big town, small community, family feel. And it's like, we get it. Like we understand each other and our struggles. And, um, and so, um, only if you're from Pasadena, (laughs) it's not like if you're out there, you come in. Um, but yeah, we used to do a whole bunch of like down with the horn with, with Dolby. I mean, <laughs> we used to go down to the Sagemont area. Like a lot of my friends are from Sagemont area. So like, uh, like my, my bestie growing up, Maka, you know, would always go to her house and her mom was, her mom was from Nigeria. So she would be making all these different curries and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, any of the leftover stuff, like a Maka would come with me and would go, you know, to other places people's houses and would throw toilet paper at them because she knew where they lived at you know and so (laughs) um just stuff like that we used to always do throw eggs I mean I I think the biggest thing that Dobie would always do and maybe this is inappropriate but they would get you know because we're called the Trojans they would at football games they would throw like you know the condoms out (laughs) um one time I kid you not I don't know if this was at Rayburn or it might've been at Pasadena, but somebody put on a huge garbage, black 
garbage uh, can uh-huh. or trash bag. I'm sorry, yeah. it ran across the field. Oh, um, that was pretty funny. But I mean, we all we all did it to each other. But Pasadena and Rayburn were kind of more of the rivals. And yes. Doby and Soho were the rivals. That was my question for you. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because, you know, uh, when I interviewed all them, they, they, they were very clear that, you know, Rayburn and, and Pasadena, they, they didn't like each other. And yes, mm-hmm. you know, you guys at Soho were also a rival, but kind of a secondary rival. So that was my question for you. Since they mm-hmm. didn't consider you the main rival, who was your main rival? And it sounds like it was Doby. Yeah, Doby. Doby was the main, main people yeah. because, uh, again, those were all my AU teammates yeah. as well. Yeah. So it was just different um but also too memorial wasn't built back then right. so right. um it was more just you know yeah it was always rayburn against pasadena Cincadina, yeah. and mm-hmm. and so versus you know doby um and then nobody liked deer park so Th- that's what jimmy hammond said too he said that really i mean we deer park might have been his most biggest rival he hated him yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, deer park actually everyone hated deer park and we st- and we pretty much still do it's hey. that's a, that's a different uh neighborhood and uh, another story, I guess. I love the rivalry. Hey, no, lo- I'm here for it. I'm here for the rivalries. And then, you know, the thing that I love talking to Cirillo and Jimmy, and I learned the names of these mascots and they're, they're really clever. Baldy, mm-hmm. the Eagle, you know, yeah. Sam, the Texan, Sam Rayburn, the Texan, Hector, the Trojan. Do mm-hmm. you know what the name of the Doby Longhorn was? Did it have a clever name too? Not sure. I mean, you may not know that, but I'm just curious if you, if you did. Honestly, I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't yeah. really know my my own schools like why we're named that yeah well i mean i know we're the mavericks or mavs or, yeah i know <laughs> well i just thought that I, was cool I knew you that. know just they're pretty cute little fun nickname that, that for some of those schools i just i love pasadena i'm a huge pisd fan like all the people i've met like yourself and those others that i mentioned i've just you guys have a salt of the earth down down home like uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but just like a real genuine person you know for everyone i've met from pasadena so i love pasadena um, my good friend is the football coach at Soho, Patrick Longstreet's, and I know he loves it down yeah. there. So I just, I just love that district. And so I do broadcasting in Aldine still, but I, I'm always like kind of hoping, can I get a game in Pasadena? I just want to be, I just want to see it, you know, because I, I love oh, your district. Come on down. Yeah, would love to. But okay, so you, you know, obviously you, you, you're known for basketball. So once you got to Soho and you really started hitting your stride, can you just share with us some of your memories of of playing on that team and some of your your good memories from high school basketball? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got, I was fortunate to play with, um, like Cat Flores, like I was talking about earlier. Um, you know, a lot of my teammates, uh, like that, that class 2004, it was very, it was a very competitive year for, for all of us really. Um, even like growing up, actually, as soon as we hit seventh grade, really, we knew the competition, like from the middle schools, it was always a constant rival with, uh, with some of the Dobie people, Dobie kids. And so um, I just remember my high school, my last two years was just always um, like, let's beat Dobie, let's beat Dobie, yeah. you know? And, you know, Dobie's 2004 year, I think there were, what, one game, two games shy. I mean, they made it pretty yeah. far. Yeah. yeah, They had four girls, five girls that go, that went D1 that year. And um, I mean, it was Fanaki, Amaka, Cherie, Cherie, who's the head coach at Dawson, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, Alex, Alex Bowman. I don't, she was the head coach at Ike Eisenhower. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 She's at CAK now. Um, okay. She's part of that whole group. I think she went to SFA, um, the Hadleys. I mean, yeah. 
these are names that like people from Dobie will be like, oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And awesome. then so they had like a whole bunch of people, and then there was just me and Kat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two against the world. <laughs> Two against the world. Well, that's yeah. what it felt like. And it was um, you know, I wish I could have helped more um at South Houston. You know, I got there um with Latoya left. Um and she, you know, she made a big impact in that community and her going to tech really set like a high um, expectation, you know, for the following years. And I mean, we didn't have another 6'2 girl that can, you know, yeah. demolish the ball yeah. like everyone yeah. else. But I mean, so, uh, but a lot of my memories from South Houston, I just remember um, building relationships, you know, um, I knew I was going to play basketball. It's just, um, some of those people that I met at Soho are still like I see every day or I talk to every day. Like my best yeah. friends are from South Houston. And yeah. so one thing I'm really appreciative of is just the relationships that I, I continued on from there. You know, that's awesome. No, I lo love hearing that. And so you had, you had like a, a storybook, you know, career at Soho, you finished up great, great friends, great seasons. And then you went on to garden city, JC. And this, I'm definitely, I'm very aware of Garden City JC. They play in the famous Jayhawk Conference, which is a really powerful athletic conference in yeah. the Juco world. So I, I definitely know exactly where Garden City JC is. So what was your experience like there? Um, again, I'm, I'm younger than most most kids going to school because I'm a yeah. summer baby. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a shock, you know, coming from Pasadena to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know, you're an hour away from where Dorothy actually lived. <laughs> yeah. And so, right. um, yeah, out in sewer. Um, go there. The house is still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was completely different. You know, just the whole Kansas, uh, you know, just lifestyle. I mean, you come from a city where, you know, you have a freeway of eight lanes and you go to a town where there's only two lanes, it's completely different. Yeah. The traffic jam is because the stoplight has been going on for 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but the culture there is strong in sports. Yeah. And uh, I've never met a, um, a rodeo boy until I got there. Yeah. Those people are crazy, those rodeo <laughs> boys. Um, but they came to all of our games, you yeah. know, with the we need more cowboys. Cowbell. No, that's um, awesome. You know, when, when Quisha Dickerson, she's the head coach at Fort Ben Austin came on the yeah. show. She said, she's a, I am a huge Juco proponent. She goes, it's so underrated. People don't know about it. You know, all these kids and their parents want, they're just saying D one or bus D one or bus. But she's like, I'm here to tell you, she went to Northern Oklahoma, J uh, JC and Tonkawa. She said she loved it. She had a great athletic experience. Her professors came to her games. She enjoyed her classroom experience. I mean, it was just a really, really good experience. So once you got past kind of the culture shock of the town, how was the, you know, you said the athletics is really good. Like how was, you know, going to school there? Did you, do you agree with coach Dickerson? Like it's actually a really great opportunity for kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I mean, I had a great coach, Bobby Brazel. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's great. Now he's at, um, I want to say he's in Arkansas somewhere maybe Alabama. I don't know, but he's in a D one circuit now. Um, but I honestly believe D Juco is equivalent to D two D one. Cause there's some D two schools, you know, like the school that I went to, that would be D ones where I think we're six O versus D ones. Yeah. So just cause yeah. you go D one doesn't mean necessarily anything. There's D twos are better than D ones. That's right. And then also too, there's Juco's. You have to understand those kids that went to Juco 
or the kids that didn't get the well you know this I, yeah i know oh, no, the, tell he, us it say it for the listeners because I, I want parents to listen <laughs> to this show tell them tell them this is great i love this well well juco is for the academic part or for the mm-hmm. laters like the the kids that are late that's right so i'm a late you know i was supposed to go to purdue and it fell through and yeah. so because it fell through and you have to understand, like when i was getting recruited it was different so like when you signed like you had to, it, they didn't have the transfer portal as they do now. Right. And the right. only reason why I got released was because my coach moved. And yeah. so I was fortunate to find Garden City, which is one of the hardest JUCO conferences in, yep. in the nation. That's right. Um, and that's where you want to go if you want to get looked at. And so some JUCOs, were, I, I'll never forget this. I, we went to a tournament in South Plains, Texas, right? And uh, we're out there. And this is where um, Sher Swoops played. South Plains. Yep. So she That's, has all her, she has all her pictures on the walls. Right. Yep. And I'm like, Oh man, like this is a huge complex Juco in the middle of nowhere in Texas in the panhandle. And you see all shore swoops. And I get excited. Cause I'm like from garden city and some of these Kansas kids are like, who's Cheryl swoops. I'm like, who do you, how do you not know who she is? You right. know? And so we end up playing some team from Arizona and um, this team, just Juco, had their names on the back. And, and mm. one of the girls, she was about a little bit taller than me, about 5'11", maybe six foot flat. Mm. She had Stoudemire in the back of the name. Oh, wow. And I was yeah. like, man, I was like, she looks familiar. And she was a little bit taller than me. Yeah. And I had to guard her. Yeah. Mind <laughs> you. And so goes up for a rebound. And as soon as she goes up, she's like grabbing it from the rim, literally like up there. And I'm all mm. like, this girl can jump out the gym. Like, right. I'm like. You know, I'm like, I got to guard this girl. I got to make sure yeah. she doesn't get a rebound. So we're in like dead ball, like a free throw line. I can't remember when it was, but I go, Hey, you got a brother? Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, and she had a deep voice. She's like, yo, my brother, Mar- <laughs> you know, yeah. Maja Steinmeier was her brother. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Wow. And she, I mean, she scored, like we couldn't even hold her to be honest with you. Um, we tried as a team. We still won, but I mean, she put up like 20 something sure. points or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, after the game, I go up to her and I'm like, just talking to her, you know, just whatever. And I'm like, actually, I know why I was talking to her. I was trying to see if her brother was here at the game so I could get a signature. Autograph it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing over there in Arizona? Da, da, da. Some Juco in Arizona. Yeah. She's like, oh, I just didn't make the grades. I didn't make the grades. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah. And so, um, but I totally agree with that. I think Juco ball is better than d3 and aia um sometimes better than some d2s and d1s i mean look at blend who has a revolving door of athletes that are coming in um you know and so and also too you know even it's not just in basketball it's in like any sport Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. at um garden our volleyball team there they had a international like contact in brazil and so the whole our whole team was full of brazilians that were like wow 28 29 yeah you know playing against 17 year olds but there's no like it's not illegal right you know they're they're getting their education but yeah i mean it's a different level of competition that people don't realize until you're actually there playing against it right and so um it's you can't explain it you can't you can't really even talk about it that's why a lot of four-year schools want a juco player because they're hard-nosed Mm-hmm. and you know Absolutely. that you're going to get a different type of player out of them um versus a 17 year old kid that still can't choose the right shirt for themselves you know <laughs> I, so. I hear you no I'm, I'm with you and i totally agree with what you and coach dickerson have said i'm a big proponent myself i just think that there's so many different options 
I don't think any parent or player should, you know, poo poo any of them, right. Consider all of them. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. So just don't, don't block off your options. That's always what we say here on the team player podcast. And then you move on to the university of Alaska Anchorage. I'm just so jealous because <laughs> I have a goal to visit all 50 States. I have done 49 of them. So you can guess what's the one state coach Kobo hadn't been to, but you got to do it. Like, that's my dream. I want to go to Anchorage and walk around and spend time and just explore, you know, all over. Um, so tell us, tell us all about it. How'd you end up? How'd you choose Alaska Anchorage? Did you like it? And what were your favorite things to do in, in town? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, everyone always asks me this question. So I live down South in Anchorage. So, okay. you know, Alaska is really big, obviously. Sure. So it's, it's like Texas and California combined. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't get the whole night and, you know, day. Okay. So I was like, going to ask you about that. So you didn't, okay. You yeah. Didn't so yeah. I'm just going to put that out there first. Cause I was going to ask, um, Anchorage <laughs> is kind of almost equivalent to like, um, I want to say like Delaware or like it's, it's far South. Yeah. Anchorage. So okay. it's equivalent to like the Northeast States. Sure. So yeah. Wait, did it get dark? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. It was gloomy. Yeah, it was gloomy. It was like Seattle. Cause we were in Seattle, um, every other weekend well in basketball season every other weekend we were in seattle almost okay or every weekend and so it was colder in seattle it felt like for me personally um because it was it was so windy it was windy cold and wet and anchorage it wasn't like that you know we had a we had the mountains uh surrounding us and okay it looked like chronicles of narnia every day yeah 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 um but it was great i mean i love my experience in alaska it was it was probably uh, uh one of the most uh growing up phases yeah for me personally um one i was clearly away from home but um two i i built the best relationships i've, I've had out of alaska you know i still talk to those girls on the daily because mm-hmm. we had a, such a special um uh bond between uh, our teams i mean that's why we went so far we went to the final four you know and so, um, why did I go to Alaska? Um, well, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember because I, I know there was like a story about it. Um, the details, I was working in, as a camp counselor mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were recruiting me kind of hard. Um, I, I was going to go to Lamar University, actually, here, okay. right yeah. around the corner. And oh uh, I was going to sign with them, but something told me like, this coach Mosier kept calling me from Alaska and kept yeah. calling me from Alaska. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to go to Alaska. Like I've been yeah. in garden city. Yeah. I've been gone for two years. I want to be right. closer home. And, uh, I was at work. I was a camp counselor. And one of the kids that I was working with, he kept drawing mooses and bears and mountains and wow. stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, why are you drawing this? You know, why are you coloring this? He's like the seven year old kid or eight year old kid. And he's like, I don't know. God told me to. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I took that as a sign. I was like, sure. you know, maybe you should consider it. And so, you know, I looked into it a little bit more um, with the coach and I was asking what was all the incentives and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm okay, you know, because right. you should see all your, explore all your options and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, they pay for all your flights and you get to keep your mileage and you get to go Ooh. to Hawaii. Oh yeah. Sign me state up. State <laughs> pays you an extra stipend yeah. and all this X, Y, and Z. And I was like, where do I sign? You know? Dude, and so I had no idea. That's huge. That's great. Yeah. Financially, financially wise, it was great. Yeah. And then, and he said, you still get to play against D one schools. And so I think the biggest thing, I don't know if it was him that said that or it was my other coach. 
um, that said it, but like, do you want to play at a D one and you'll win games, but you'll probably never play for a championship. Right. Or do you want to play for me and we can see how far we can go? Because the reality is, is at that time, it was only Yukon, Tennessee, um, right. maybe, you know, somebody else, you know, but it was always Yukon and Tennessee. Those two, yeah, always, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so it was always Gino and, you know, Pat Summit. And so right. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I want to win a ring. You know, I want that. And I want a winning tradition and a culture and something that's going to help me grow. And so Alaska is where it's at. And, um you know, we won both Alaska, great Alaska shootouts and we went, you know, pretty far in playoffs both rounds. And mm-hmm. I mean, I got to experience something that not a lot of people got to experience. And um, is it sad? Is it upsetting? Still talking about it? Yeah, because nobody wants to go all the way and then like come short, yeah. you know? And so I think that's why I don't really tell people yeah. how far I went with my college career because yeah. it's still kind of, um, it's still kind of sad, you know, you, yeah. you, you build and you work up for it and then you get to that spot and then you're like, oh, you come up short, like three points and you're like, oh man, wow. that's up. Well, yeah. that, that, you know, I know that part hurts, but I mean, you, you mentioned something. I didn't know that you were six and oh against D one schools. Can you rattle off some of those schools that you beat? I thought that's an amazing record. Like Cal state. Um, nice. When they went to the um, Alaska shootout. When so, they go to the Alaska so, shootout, you would, you'd come across some D ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then also to our, our preseason, you know, yeah. like, uh, most D1 schools always play like a D2 school to get their yeah. first win under their belt. Yeah. Well, they try to play against us and we would always win. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, uh, Michigan State, you know, or. Uh, Holy cow. One? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, there's another one. I, I can't remember all the list of names. Yeah. Um, well, still, yeah. It's been, I know it's been a long time, but that's awesome to go 6 and 0. I mean, and that's where I completely agree with you. What Anytime there's a drop in division, the elite schools in that lower division can beat anybody. I, I firmly believe that like in, in football, you know, like a North Dakota state university in football, I believe they can beat Minnesota, you know, or Illinois and all those kinds. They can beat them, you know, just like mm-hmm. your school. I mean, the, the very elite schools that are making it to your final fours, they can play up a level in my opinion. So yeah. totally agree with you a hundred percent on that. So this is a question I always ask all of my guests and the, you know, uh, Jen, the, the answers are kind of surprising to me. I've had, I have, uh, all my guests have been, are some of the best coaches in the state, the city, the country. Only 32% of my guests knew they wanted to be a coach when they started college. Only 32%. A lot of them mm-hmm. were doing something else and then they, they fell into coaching and now they've become extremely successful. So I'm curious with you, when you entered college, did you know you wanted to coach or did you figure that out a little bit later or maybe after you started college? Um, it kind of fell my lap. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to do it. honestly yeah I did not want to do I don't um I didn't have the patience I didn't have um uh just my personality just just didn't work you know how I am oh yeah and and (laughs) and so like I didn't want um and it was hard you know coming from an elite you know program like that and then coming and having to teach that and then them not getting that and remastering it and then you're being like is it me or is it them like that was hard but no I didn't want to coach no absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) no it it, it's it takes a special person to do that and to continue to do that Mm -hmm. you know um because it's hard like especially like with the times now and 
for everything that you do, you know, the money doesn't need equivalent to the amount of time that you put in. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that money is everything. I think what's last, you know, long lasting and, and, and the reason why I continue to stay on it is because my kids, Yeah. you know, I think it goes back to relationship building, like what you were talking about at the very beginning. Like, I think that's why I'm still friends with some of the people I'm still friends with because once they get to my soul, I can't ever let them go, Yeah, you know? And so yeah. like these kids that I'm building these relationships with, you know, I, I was like substituting at Queens Intermediate. Yeah. And um, one of the principals, the APs, he was like, Hey, you want a job here? And I was like, no, mm. <laughs> I didn't interview for the job. He's like, no, you're going to be our next, uh, next coach here. And I was like, no, yeah. I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. I'll, yeah, we'll pay you this amount. Okay. I'm like 22. I don't care. Yeah. You know, at that point. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And just cause I was playing against some PE boys and they saw yeah. how I was doing. And, you know, I think, I think if it wasn't for, for that AP coming and talking to me, then I don't think I would ever got into coaching. And yeah. now he's a supervisor for the district at Pasadena. Small world. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how it was such a small world yeah. coaching is. And then, so you, you started at Queens and Soho intermediate. And I know that you did some coaching at the high school level too at Pasadena, which you, you shared with us, but you were working with, with middle schoolers at the beginning, the Cirillo Ojeda episode, uh, coach Ojeda was talking about how when, he, when his first practice, they were doing a drill and there was a fumble. And I know you know football because you're a very good football player. We'll get to that in a little bit. But there was a fumble. And Coach Ojeda yells, get on the ball. And the kid stops and just looks at him. He says, get on the ball. And the kid looks at him. And then he goes over to the ball. And he sits on it like a mother hen. And so Coach Ojeda would realize, like, oh, it was, it was like an eye-opening experience. Like, wow, some of these kids have never played football. They have no idea what I'm talking about. But he said that actually made him a better coach. He learned how to just meet his players where they're at and coach at all different levels. So I'm curious for you, you, you're, you were just three points away from winning a national championship. And now you're trying to coach, you know, a seventh grader, how to, how to make a left-handed layup. I mean, what was that like for you? Was it difficult or did you learn things that you, that you think helped you or what was that experience like? Um, you know, I was, um, when I first started doing Queens, I was doing AAU too. Oh, okay. So when I, when I, I was like, if I'm going to do this, and I think that was what I talked to Ty Vajra, the, the AP, mm-hmm. I was all like, well, if I'm going to coach here, I'm going to use this gym right, and I'm yeah. going to use it after hours. Yeah. And so that's how kind of like, you know, set it up forward. So I was not only just coaching like seventh, eighth, ninth graders, I was coaching seventh through, you know, to seniors, you know, cause I was doing AAU too. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, like I want to say, some of the stories i mean i've I've seen it ricochet like off the back wall and goes and hits the back of the backboard and ricochets back to the wall and hits him in the face like it's it's hard i i think that's been way buried back in my past that i don't ever want to think about this i understand (laughs) i i get it (laughs) no um it's so bad but like i had i i i do agree with ojeda and i say this all the time like even being at Alding, you know, because that, that's more recent. Yeah. Um, even now at Memorial, yeah. um, you know, when I, when I teach them, because I'm more of a transformational type of coach. Like I, I, I transform with the team and I adapt to the kids that I have, not teach them a system. It's just whatever I have. If I have a, right. you know, a great shooter, right. then I'm going to, you know, you know that. So um, I was kind of blessed in that area as far as uh, 
working at intermediates and working at Alding even now at Memorial because you have to be a better coach to be the team that you're playing against with the group of kids that you have sure which are lesser talented lesser IQ whatever and so it just makes you a better coach so I'm very appreciative of Queens and and Soho and um Alding especially because it made me a better coach because you had to outsmart the opponent so like for example an intermediate um I had I had my big girl my my she was like a six two eighth grader oh wow yeah yeah her name was Bree and so usually you put her in the very bottom of a two three zone Mm -hmm. well it's very unorthodox I put her at the very top okay and the reason why is because nobody wanted to go around her yeah. So she would just be that wall. And then I would have my little Vanessa come sneak <laughs> around the back and just tap it from the back and, you know, go square yeah. layup. Love and so it. you have to be adaptable and adjust, you know, adjust to, to whatever you have. And so I think that was the funniest things is that I always did things that were completely unorthodox compared to other team, like putting your big in the very top of the zone or, you know, um, having them, you know, bark on the, on the floor to be a distraction so you can get an easy layup, you know? Yeah. No, I t- totally agree. And, I, you know, so let's move on to Aldine. You, you referenced there. And that's where you and I crossed paths. You were already there. I came uh, mid-year, you know, at the end of the Christmas break um, from, from Fort Bend Ridge Point. And one of the first, I don't know if it was before, I think it might even before I got the job, I just went to a girls basketball game just to, just to mm-hmm. observe it. I knew I was about to get the job and I kind of just walked in the gym, didn't tell anybody who I was and just kind of watched. And I think it was, I think you were playing Davis and it just was a game that got away from us and it got really one-sided, but the thing that I noticed, a lot of times when you go to a game that's one-sided, you'll see the coach on the losing team kind of dejected and hanging their head or putting their hands in their hips and just, you know, whatever, just frustrated and, and kind of almost throwing in the towel. I just saw you coaching your your butt off, you know, that night. And I was and like, I, that gave me a lot of hope. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like this is what I wanted. This is what I want to see. Like, we're not getting it done on the floor, but this coach is coaching really hard. So I knew, I knew right then and there, like, I really want to get to know this coach. And then as once I got there, I just really enjoyed working with you and your program. And I just fell in love with your team, you know, and I would go play summer basketball, <laughs> helping gym with you guys. And, you know, I, I shared those stories of coach Ben Zant and coach Danzer. And, and I told them how you would give me the business routinely and kind of cross me up and step back and, you know, hit the jumper in my face and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But so we had some good laughs about that, but I mean, it just was really cool watching your program. Cause I mean, I, you know, you know how it was and I'm, I'm here to tell listeners it, it was rough at the very beginning. You know, you really, you really had a tough battle ahead of you, but you, you kept it going and you kept it going. And my proudest moment was a couple years later. I mean, maybe, you know, after I had left, you had gone on to, I believe, finish third place in that district, which is just incredible that you were able to do that. And we had a playoff game and that gym, that empty gym that I walked into a couple years ago when you're playing Davis, it was sold out standing room only it was electric and you took klein collins which is a really good basketball program you give them everything they could handle and honestly like they had to come back to win that game so just when you look back at your time at aldine you mentioned to help you become a better coach for passing to memorial just what are all your memories that come flooding back when you think about your time at aldine i mean i'll say this you know i tell this to everybody just aldine made me a better coach like i had to reteach myself on how to coach on a lot of things you know and especially being a you know going to a program where they hadn't won a game in the past like what six years you know Mm um and then you know Delgado is is one of my mentors I'm pretty sure you still talk to him absolutely um you know when I first took the job 
I told him, I was like, man, like we're going to, we're going to make playoffs. I told him that. And he's like, Rome wasn't built in a day. I said, no, but it was built, you know? That's right. Yep. And so um, it's kind of funny, you know, saying that because Klein Collins game, man, that's still like in my head, you know, like Deja still talks to me about that game and she's, yeah. you know, Bobby, I talked to Bobby the other day, um, you know, about it losing by one point because from a free throw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just experience, you know, yeah. our all Dean kids didn't have the experience as Klein Collins had been going to playoffs since it opened you know yeah i agree yep. versus a team that hasn't had a winning program in the past since since what 2000 right so for like over i don't know 13 14 15 years yeah 18 years yeah yeah that's right over 18 years because we, we made playoffs 2018 so over 18 years last time that that team has felt success and uh you know that's the only reason why Klein Collins came up and actually I was talking to their football coach who's their football coach at Klein Collins I don't know I don't know that I've met the coach at Klein he's Klein. a young guy yeah okay and so uh, I talked at um I talked over there at uh, Spring ISD with Jacinto he asked yeah. me to come and talk to his coaches um and so I was talking to their coaches and he was there and and I was, and I brought it up I said man I almost got your team and he's yeah. like I know I was there we're talking yeah. about it because it was actually kind of funny because we're not supposed to beat that team. And here we are holding their D1 prospect to, you know, six points. And, um, I mean, it was fun. It was a great moment. And, um, well, any games at Aldi, um, I never looked at the clock ever. Yeah. And I think that's why you noticed me, you know, coaching the kids fourth quarter down by 20 and whatever it was. Yeah. Kids yeah. And it was, it was honestly because I never looked at the clock. You know, we have to, when you, when you are in a, in a program like that, you know, someone that's obviously you have the biggest opponents, but it's like a, you know, a Goliath and, mm -hmm. you know, David's yep. story. Yep. Um, you have to find uh, victories in different things in different areas. So I never looked at the score. I just say, okay, we played them the first time we lost a rebounding war. The second time we played them we won the rebounding war. So we won in that area versus, yep. uh, you know, the whole overall score. So just picking your categories mm -hmm. and fixating on that versus, because basketball is one of the hardest sports. I'm sorry, but it is. You have to score a bucket to win. Yeah. It's not like volleyball. No offense to Carmen. You can do this farm, but <laughs> the other team messes up. I get a point. Right. That doesn't happen. Right, right, it right. Not, you know, yeah. In football, you can still have teams that mess up. Like, oh, I fumble, I pick it up, and I go score. Yeah, that's true. Six, right? That's true. Can't do that in basketball. I mean, yeah. you still. I don't run to the end of the line and get a point for that. I have to actually put it in the basket. And so, right. um, nothing gets football because I know football is hard because I play that too. Yeah. So, um, no, no yeah. offense taken, coach. You know me. I mean, I'm I'm a former fat kid, but you know me. I, I wish I, I want to be a baller. Like I. I basketball is actually my favorite sport so no you're not offending me in any i love basketball and i agree with you yeah yeah i know your 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 favorite song too is i wish i was a ball that's right I, that's oh. right that's right i was just singing at my high school reunion my 20-year reunion a couple weeks ago but no seriously coach it, it really was great though i mean for the people listening that are that are in coaches listening that are in struggling programs and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel i mean I, i'm there to tell you like Coach Salazar and that team was at the was at the very beginning of their journey when I walked in that gym and it, it was empty, no fans, no energy, losing. 
And then just slowly coach made those adjustments. You know, we did little things like getting the pet band to come in there and just, just, and that built some community like within the school and just things started feeling better and better and better. And then that playoff game was just incredible. And just so proud of your accomplishments there. And just for a little bit of fun, I played open gym against you. I've, I've interviewed, you know, some of your colleagues, you know, uh, from Aldine, uh, Kendra Venzant. She's, she's a past first point guard. I never got to play. She was never in the gym when I was there. And then, uh, you know, Christine Falzone Danzer, she said, she, you know, she's not as ball dominant, but she's also a scorer and she's a dime dropper. And so the, 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 these guys are great ball players. Did you ever get to play with them in an open gym setting? I always wondered that if, if you guys got together. And um, so coach K and I, we've played a lot together because, um, so the only way, that we can give our, our so let me rephrase this okay so varsity audience basketball and jv audience basketball complete difference right. like it was just a huge drop like yeah. it was it was just a night and day difference and so they weren't getting the help that they needed you know so so i told my coaches we're playing like yeah coach a you're gonna apodaca you're gonna play even though he needs a hip you know, replacement surgery. Um, <laughs> Coach K, you're gonna play. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just getting random people. My managers, like Chris, yeah. um, Chris Ho or William uh-huh. Tran. Yeah. Like I'd get, I would get boys that got cut from the, um, from the basketball team, yeah. Yeah. and then I'd bring them as managers to play against my girls. But they were still weren't as good as what I needed them to be. So I would right. play. Coach K would play Vincent, and uh, so. I mean, we loved it. And then when we played against the, uh, the Deja Bobby group, the ones yeah. that made it to yeah. that playoff run yeah. and, you know, Deja's going to play at Eastern New Mexico right now. And Bobby's wow. playing at Arkansas Baptist. Um, so they're, they're pretty legit players. And so they really wanted to win against us. And so it was a bigger competition. And so playing against them on the daily was, was, was really, it was good for me because I just stayed in shape, but mm-hmm. um yeah, Coach K is a hooper for sure, but yeah. surprisingly, Apodaca, that old man, he has a nice pick and roll, man. Okay. <laughs> it, was just, it was just hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, and it was great. Like, again, like I said, my, my audience days, I'm very appreciative of Stuart and Delgado and um, all the people that helped me, you know, get there, you know, Mater, you know, yeah. um, Dre. Well, that's awesome. So, you know, last thing on Aldean I want to talk about. Your staff, and I, I don't know Coach Apodaca. I, I don't. I guess I had left at that time. I don't recognize that name, but the staff that I recall, mm-hmm. it's a really unique thing that you had. In that, the staff when I left, or that I in my head that I remember, you know, was yourself, Coach Rickert, Megan Daniel, and Kendra Venzant, and all of y'all went on to become head coaches. So the, I, that's very, very rare. You, of course, went on to pass an memorial. Coach Rickert uh, returned to take over at Aldine uh, when, when you left. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Daniel went on to Cy Ranch, has become very successful. Uh, Coach K, Kendra Venzant, is at Nimitz, her alma mater, and she won uh, Coach of the Year this year yep. in that district. So mm-hmm. that doesn't happen often. That really, that's extremely rare. So my question to you is, what were you, were you doing something like consciously making an effort to prepare them to become head coaches, or, or did it just happen naturally, or or did you sense that there was just such greatness in that office? Or I'm just really curious because that does not happen often that everyone became a head coach. Well, like I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, you have a team of players, you have a team of coaches. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think your coaching staff is the most important thing when it comes to building a program and establishing a program and, you know, being a victorious program. And, and so 
um, I always want my coaches to be better than me because therefore then I will be better for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a, um, I don't want to say a competition amongst the coaches, but like, I, I don't ever give tasks. There's no task in my coaches. There's responsibilities. And, right. you know, um, once you're given that responsibility, it's up to you to make it your own and make it better for our team and our program. So every, all the success that we got at Auding, it was, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't no way. It was because of the, the coaches and the players that put out the effort in there. Uh, we won't be successful at Auding if Deja's not there. We're not successful if, you know, Coach Daniel's not there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think every, every component on that program, whether it was our manager or not, had some, something in our program that made it better. And um, Coach Daniel, yeah, Coach Daniel, Coach K, Rukert. Even Coach Woods. Coach Woods is a top assistant. Oh, at, yep, that's right. I, that's right. Yep. At, uh, yeah, Tomball Memorial. And uh, who else? I think that's it. And then my coach, my coaching staff now. So, yeah, um, the secret, there is no secret. It's just uh, I'm happy that they're moving forward. I always tell my coaches, I want you to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but I want you to be a head coach. Coach Pam, Linda Pam, you remember her? Uh, yes. I saw She's on Twitter. Coach. She's one of your coaches, right? She's my freshman coach. She's my that baby. Is, that is so um, cool. That is so cool. Yeah. She's going to be head coach one day and she's going to be, um, she's going to be, you're going to have to look out for her for sure. And uh, I can't wait to see what's going to come out of her, that little fiery one. Um, Deja, mm-hmm. um, she's talking about after she's done with uh, playing basketball, she wants to be my next assistant. So I'm all for it. As long as they want to come in and learn and, and grow and empower these young women into being strong women, independent women, I'm all for it. You know? Um, but no, I'm very happy of everyone's success. And I, I hope that they continue to move forward. Apodaca is trying to be head coach soon too. So okay. um, if all my assistants can be head coaches then come work for me, I'll make you a head coach. <laughs> that, hey, everyone listening. If you are a girls basketball coach, listen to this podcast, you need to get on that staff memorial and it's a coach Kovo guarantee. You will, <laughs> you're going to end up as a head coach in a couple of years. But no, yeah, so, so now you're at Pasadena Memorial after you left Aldine. Yeah. You come back home to your home district. What was the story behind that? You know, how did that, how did that opportunity come about? And how, how did you, oh, what led you to that decision? Oh man, it was COVID time. It was hard. Uh, COVID hit and I didn't want to leave Aldine during COVID. I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it kind of, um, there was actually a lot of, of transitionings amongst head coaches during COVID time too, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to, actually, I was going to pick Goose Creek Memorial over Memorial. Um, you know, they had offered me, actually, I, I had been asked to interview at different places and um, turned some down, but Goose Creek Memorial really, GCM really stood out to me, you know, and, and Memorial obviously because it's from my own own town mm-hmm. and so it was kind of a battling so I was talking to this principal and then talking oh, to the other principal right. and I was like well, what can you give versus <laughs> that and um and it's and it's funny because the only reason why I chose memorial was because my wife said it she was like just do it yeah. like who cares yeah. just go back love it and and to Not say that athlete. you did it yeah. Yeah. yeah just to say that you you know went back did it and then you can move forward if you need yeah. to if not yeah. and yeah. You know, the only reason why I left Audin was because there was no more room for me to grow. Like I've grown all I can as a coach there. And now I had to go to the next chapter, next phase of my life. Yeah. And so where can I learn most? And that's what I was thinking, you know, 
and Ashley knows how I am too. And GCM, I'm going to go what second round, third round of playoffs every, mm-hmm. every year, you know, um, and Memorial, they hadn't been to playoffs in shoot. I don't know how, how many years. And, uh, it was kind of a, like where I'm going to grow most, where, where do I see more growth in my career? Yeah. For me. And so that's why I chose Memorial and, um, and I, you know, I love my decision. I love my kids and I love the community there. And I love the, you know, the support, the parents are great. You know, a lot of, a lot of coaches can't say that. And I can, my parents are yeah. great. And my, all my admin are ex um, head coaches and, or ex coaches. And so it's great. You know, I have a team of support, my athletic coordinator, uh, coach Crocker. He's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know if you've met him or talked to him. I don't, him. I've never met him personally, but I definitely know of him. And yeah, I've heard only good things. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great. I think he just came back from Hawaii. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he's yeah. living the dream too. And he's doing great. So yeah, I can't complain at Memorial with my kids. The only sucky part of it is that we don't get love. And that's, well, like, you know, me having a player that is, you know, was ranked in the nation and like has all these D1 schools after her whatnot. And we don't get any love from like Vibe or How any about other the media. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, media or yeah. any, anything, we just don't get any love because all the schools want to talk about aside here in Clear Creek schools. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Pasadena is not where it's at. And so me, instead of seeing it as a, oh, okay, well, I'm going to show you now. You no, know, that's them. like, got to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. and so um, even though, um, I mean, we did good. I feel like we did good this year. I think we've had more wins these past two years combined since the past four years. Um, you know, we've had growth in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, I, mean, I can't complain. I love my school and I love the doubt that people have in us and it just makes us kind of feel it and show everyone else what's up, you know? No doubt. Cause you're not afraid of a challenge. I mean, you, I, oh, you, no. you, you're kind of person. You, you like having a little chip on your shoulder and I think you only coach stronger. Like you said, you know, so I looked back at some of the records and you're right. I mean, I saw several years after years, no playoffs. And I looked the past two years playoffs. So, yeah. you know, I know, I know it's not all you, but I mean, just the program is going the right direction. And so very happy uh, to see that. Now just kind of a, I always ask this question. You said your parents are great you know, but I know I've talked to some other coaches and, and one thing that that's coming up a lot of times, um, I know in the, uh, Christine, uh, Danzer episode, she's the head coach at Mac, you know, she was the assistant when you were at Aldean at, at MacArthur. Um, she said, sometimes she comes across parents these days. It's happening more and more recently parents that don't want their kids to experience any kind of failure or setback. They really, yes. you know, and it's cause they love them, right. They're trying to protect them and shelter them, but it, it can become problematic and coach, you know, so that's what coach Danzer kind of brought up on her episode. So I'm, I want to pose that same question to you. Um, what advice, cause I think when people shelter their kids, they're actually hurting their kids development, you know? So what advice would you give to parents to allow their kids to have the best possible high school experience and develop the most? Yeah. It's so funny that you're saying that. Um, I, I'm having that issue right now. Okay. Um, it's, I have great parents. Let me rephrase. I do have great parents. Sure, yeah. And they're probably going to listen to this and I'm going to say they're great. Yeah. Um, no, um, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is knowledge IQ. And I think it's trust. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is times are changing. So we're, we're, you know, the game is changing. Everything is changing about it as, as we are. We're not, 
we're not forcing them baseline sideline anymore. We're forcing them middle. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard for people to understand. Why do you do that? Well, times are changing the the development of, you know, a primary secondary offense in basketball is talked about more so now than it's ever have. NBA doesn't do plays. Oh, they actually do plays. You just can't see it. They're not calling it as they used to. What they're doing instead is that they're, they're reading off of the positions based on where players are now. So it's read base. And so it's knowledge. That's one. Um, IQ that comes back to the game, you know, mm-hmm. and then trusting, like trusting the coach. And, and even though they can have a hundred percent trust in the coach already, all it takes is one, um, you know, doubt, right. you know, and right. with their kids and they have every right to, because it's their kids. Sure. Um, and we're sharing their kid, you know, and it's just um, letting go of that fear of trust. You know, it, it's just something of the, the unknown, right. It's the unknown factor. Like I have, a, I have one of my kids right now that, um, you know, one of the parents just like doesn't want to come because they don't want the kid to get hurt, you know, because right. we're doing a lot right. of extra things. And I, I hear you. I yeah. do. But what's going to happen when that kid goes to college and the coach is telling him, hey, I want your kid here, even though if they're hurt or injured. Yeah. What are you going to do? Sure. You know, my mom and dad told me, hey, I yeah. can't go right. because. Well, you know what? Your scholarship is going to get taken away. Exactly. Yeah. High school, we don't have that. We can't. Oh, we're going to take away your scholarship. What we can say is like, oh, your your spot's going to get taken away or whatever. Right. Right. So it's different, um, and the demand is different, um, and it's just funny because I think they can get away with it at high school, of talking to that coach or talking, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they can get away with it because it's I'm paying taxes. My kid's going here. Right. 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 Taxes. In college, they can't get away with that anymore. The coach is like, you know what? Okay, bye. I don't need you anymore. That's right. And so it's about teaching those parents um, at a younger age, like, hey, da 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 da. But at the same time, not every kid's gonna be a college player. So then you try to tie it into life. Yeah. You know. Um, but it's just relationship building with your kids and your parents. You know, right. your parents' relationship building with your parents, and I think that's the biggest thing because coaches don't want to talk to parents. But also, too, the parents don't want to open up to the coach. So yeah. it's like a, it's back and forth, you know? You know, and I, yeah, you know, that that's great. I, I totally agree with everything, you know, that you're saying, Coach Sal. And that's the thing that I've heard over and over again from my guests here, which are some of the best, best coaches in the city, winning all kinds of awards and making the playoffs. Trust. That word has come up over and over and over. And it's just, you got mm-hmm. to trust. Carlesa Dixon is one of our team player alums just like you're going to become after this episode releases. And Carlessa is the head coach at Summer Creek. And they made, they've made a trip all the way to state from humble Summer Creek. She did something in her parent meetings. That I've never heard of before, but I, I do want to share this. She brings in former parents and she has former parents speak to the current parents. And she mm-hmm. looks for the ones that were giving her the biggest pain in her butt. So the ones that were like, you know, maybe doubting the coach or saying, Oh, I don't like what you're doing here. Or second guessing this second guessing that, but eventually she won them over. She brings those parents and they present at her uh, new parent oh, meeting. Good. Yeah, yeah. Great idea. Right. I had never heard of that, but well, she said, she, she's great. Cause coach yes. Dixon, and I'm going to yes. say this cause I, I did not know this. I, so we, um, we had, uh, we went to the hall of fame banquet. Uh, we, Hall of Fame banquet for uh, TBC. I, yeah. I don't know why I freaked out. Oh, yeah. So I was at the TBC 
she sat at the same table as me. I didn't know that her coach is like one of the most winningest coaches or, or her high school coach. She's one of the most winningest coaches of all time in Texas. I, yeah. It's ridiculous amounts of yeah. wins. Yeah. Well, I know who he is, but I didn't know yeah. she played for him. So a lot of her stuff that she's, she's doing is a mix of that from right. him. I was like, well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. he's one of the winningest coaches yeah. of all time, still active coaching I'm going to listen to whatever that guy does. Or say, uh, you know, I want him to talk. Yeah. How are you in the hall of fame? You're still coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. No, yeah. she's great. No, that is a great, I've, I've never heard of any former parents coming and talking. Yeah, I mean, me I know either. there's like parents club and right. how they talk about it, but I've never heard of a parent meeting and parent. That's a great idea. I'm going to think about, yeah. So I'm going to definitely all the coaches listening, think about it. And th that's the reason I do a big reason I do this podcast. I just love coaches so much. I think that they're so huge. I mean, I've, I, I shared on the podcast many times, like I, I came from a two parent home, but it was kind of an abusive one. You know, my dad was kind of abusive, you know, to my mom. Mm -hmm. And so I, I saw a lot of stuff like that. So I was really angry kind of kid. And so I, I, I was ready to like, Lord, let me go to sleep. So I don't hear this fighting anymore in the morning. I'm gonna get my car. I'm gonna go to school where my coaches love me, you know, and they make me feel good about myself. Just like you do, you know, for Linda and all these, uh, and Dej and all these coaches that want to come back and be your assistant. They want to be you, mm -hmm. you know? And so I just think that's so cool. So that's, that's why I do this. I want parents to listen to this. I want parents mm -hmm. to hear the story behind the coach that they're talking trash about from the stands. Like, get to know them as a person, hear their yeah. backstory and how intelligent and, and, you know, uh, thoughtful they are of the whole process. So that's why I do it to give coach the platform and, and coach, this has been a great episode, but we're going to put the coaching portion of rest. We're going to have a little bit of fun now for the last right. part of the episode. I knew you were a great athlete. I mean, obviously I played basketball against you. You humiliated me many a times on the court, you know? And so I was like, okay, Sal's a great athlete. I didn't really know you played football, but, but I was a part of a organization called the Alzheimer association. We raised money. Uh, through a, a powder puff football game uh, called BVB blondes versus brunettes. So I was a coach in that brunette teams. I remember asking you, Hey coach, you know, I do this thing. Would you, do you want to come be a part? Of I had no idea you played football and that you were, you were a total baller. When you got there, you immediately became the best player on the team. You were our like Calvin Johnson style receiver that just would go up and get anything. And then by the next year, you're playing quarterback and leading us to a big victory over, over the, the, the blondes and, and, and getting to get to throw a big party and having fun with it. So just talk about that. I'm, I'm curious, like, do you still play flag football? And, you know, just describe to the listeners, because they, they know you as a basketball coach, but how big is, how big a part of, uh, of your life is football? Oh, man, football is, well, I'm from, I'm from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so Texas is yeah. football county. Um, yeah, no, football is great. Uh, I, I don't play football anymore. Um, yeah. Majority of my time goes to basketball now, just because yeah. I felt like, um, I couldn't give the kids my all. Like I, I felt like I was being too selfish with my own, um, which I don't even know. I don't even know how I mind balling this is for me. Cause I guess this is me. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is therapy now of why I quit yeah. football. <laughs> no, it's cause I, I have a lot of people ask me to come back and ask me to come back. And I'm just like, uh, I'm good. Like, yeah. it's just, basketball I felt like I wasn't giving the kids a hundred percent because I felt like it was like oh okay Wednesday night at football or Tuesday and Thursday night right, football, sure, sure, or whatever sure. it is or Monday nights um and also too like I felt like I was letting one party down because if I'm gonna be committed to something I'm gonna stay committed right. like and and I'm gonna give it my all 100 percent to whatever I'm doing and I felt like I was I was giving 70 here and right. 30 there yep. or whatever um 
And so it, it just wasn't good. And I just feel like my time has passed and I don't need to show people my worth anymore, I guess. It was more right. of like, let me show my kids worth. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I stopped traveling because, you know, I play competitive football, you oh, know, yeah, we're traveling. Yeah. 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 We're traveling all around. You're getting paid for that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I still talk to those people though. I still talk to a lot of, a lot of the, um, Renette people as far as the, the better players yeah. <laughs> I have to sound like that because we all played on our travel team right together. so yeah. like, when we're on our travel team I mean we're the best of the best Houston football players playing together yeah. I mean they still play together I'm just not quarterbacking anymore and nor is Monica yeah because uh, Monica is now a high school coach as well and so oh, okay. she so she uh coached basketball and um softball and now she's the top assistant for softball so now I don't where at? I mean it's just at Clearbrook cool okay man yeah. small world my first year of teaching was at clear broke so that's awesome hey kudos yeah. to her that's great yeah so she's doing great and so um now we're we're without it i guess they're without quarterbacks but they always message us hey uh when is uh when are you gonna come back and you, know, some play? Up, you, you gotta know you got enough i'm not i know you're happy getting some more time to devote to coaching but i know you can still put those cleats on and and, and give them a show yeah we still, i mean don't get me wrong we still all play together like so yeah. somebody's birthday we're all super right, competitive right. we all go to uh we all play volleyball or pickleball or something right, we are right. all still super active it's just um my weekends don't involve flag football anymore what it sure. involves is um you know my girls going to their AU tournaments right. and watching them play you know I just felt bad because I was like asking them to go to all these different types of trainings, you know, and playing Mm -hmm. club. And so if they're doing two days, three days, their weekends are covered, then maybe I should go watch them because I'm asking them to do it outside of school time too. Um, But I don't regret it. Anything of my, uh, for Alzheimer's, I thought it was great. We played what, five years? Yeah, I I believe so. That's right. And we raised like a million each year. Absolutely. No, just so, a great organization. Well run, very successful. So yeah, it was a great part of my life. I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that you and I got to spend some time outside of Aldine, you know, yep. you know, doing that. And so that, that was cool, but something I look back fondly on, but getting to the last segment here, we go always talk about favorite teams. You said USA women's soccer, and I'm right there with you. Yeah. They just went a perfect three and oh, they beat Haiti, Jamaica, and they beat Mexico uh, last night, one nil. And so they're going to the world cup. So the women yep. are going to return to the world cup. And then you said American football, you hate to say it, but you're a Texans fan. Um, yeah. Longtime listeners know I collect sports jerseys. That's my one hobby. So I've got, I have 430 of these. I know it's a sickness. I, I know I've justified to my wife, all the money I've wasted. I don't want to have that argument anymore, <laughs> but here I am. I'm wearing a Texas Jersey in your honor. And so, yep. So we're going to get to the last segment of the show. This is where I put you on the hot seat. We're going to play a little start bench cut. And this is brought to our good friends at MVP, uh, brought to us by our good friends at MVP Marketing Group, turnkey marketing solution for schools. And what this is basically is if your athletic department is looking to make money by attracting sponsors, that's where my good friend, Mike Vogler, he's the CEO of this company. He can put together a marketing plan for you and help you get those sponsor dollars in there. So if you're interested, all of his contact info is in the show notes. You can give him a call. Just, it's very informal. Just tell him you listen to the show. He'll, he'll describe what he does. If you think it's a good fit, he'll give you a team player discount uh, for telling him coach Kobo sent you. So just keep that in mind. All right, here we go. So U S women's national team, I'm going to go start bench cut. Now I've asked this to a couple other guests, these same three ladies. These are who I think are kind of the three biggest of our era, but if you want to sub somebody by all means do it, but I'm going to ask you to start one bench one and cut one. So I'm going to kind of ask you to rank them one, two, three, Megan Rapino, 
Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd. Those are the three that pop into my head. Now, if there's somebody else that you love and you want to throw in there, by all means do it, but we got to start bench cut Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, and Carly Lloyd. See, this is hard because Alex Morgan, before she had a kid or after she had a kid? We're going to go at their, great question. We're going to go at their prime. So just take them at whatever their peak prime was. That's, we're going with that. That's so hard because Carly Lloyd's prime was so like roller coaster. Uh Yeah. Yeah. These are not easy. (laughs) I I get my my guests squirm every week doing this. It's very difficult. You put three people that are like. I mean, I don't know. These are three of the greats in U.S. women's soccer history. I mean, you're still missing Abby, and you're still missing, like... Let's do it. I Let's mean, take one out. I like the Abby Wambach, for sure. We can put her... Like, let, who would you take out? Who would you cut out of this group, and then we'll put Abby in there? It's it's hard, because, like, Rapino like, did a F you to everybody by saying, are you not entertained? So I just like her for just doing that. I see. Okay, I understand. But I like Alex Morgan's touch with yeah. the ball that she has. Yeah. And then Carly Lloyd, you just can't, like, she's just a stud in her prime. Not yes. now, sure. but in she's, her prime. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I would say, uh, I would say start Lloyd in her prime. I'm with you. Yep. I'd still say bench Alex Morgan and cut Rapino. Cut Rapino. Even sure, though sure. I love Rapino, my mom's in love with her too. Yeah. I love Rapino, but I just, out of the three, I think Lloyd in her prime is better than Rapino. Don't feel bad. You're the third person I've done this. Uh, one of them is Caitlin Riley. She's a head girl soccer coach. She also cut Rapino. And she was in almost in tears saying, I can't believe I just cut Megan Rapino. But it's just because it's so difficult. I gave you three, three just legends there. And then finally, last one here. You said you're a Texans fan. I'm going to make this one a little more open-ended. We're going to do a Mount Rushmore. So that means your top four players. Just who are your, who are your favorite four Texans of all time, just as, as a fan? Who, who have you loved? Oh my God. That's so hard. You know, I voted for that. You know how they vote? You know, um, you could vote for the Houston's name. Do you remember oh, that? You voted for Mass- oh, yeah. You voted for Texan? I voted for Texan because I went to Raver. So you went to like, Raver, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I would say, well, you had to have Dre up there, right? Andre Johnson. Sure. I would definitely thought you'd pick him. Absolutely. You kind of played like Andre Johnson. You were a big receiver out there, like going up and getting the ball. So I definitely could see that. Yeah, one hand grabbing it. Yep. Um, Andre Johnson. You, none of the quarterbacks. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I understand. Um, You have to put JJ up there just because of what he did for Houston. JJ Watt. I'm surprised they didn't do the 99 watt freeway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Even though, there. even though he's with Arizona. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins helped. Hopkins helped us win a lot of games. Uh, and Foster. Arian Foster. I mean, hey, great. You did. You nailed it. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. And those are four excellent, excellent picks. So you went with two wide receivers. You are a wide receiver at heart. You are a great wide receiver uh, for our brunettes team. So you went with uh, Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. You went with uh, JJ Watt on the defensive side of the ball and then the uh, silky smooth running back, Arian Foster. So. And then uh, Brian Tishing is cleaning their faces. Hey, <laughs> Kush. I love it. I love it. She got a linebacker in there. But hey, is- Coach Sal, this has been so much fun. If you, if y'all listening, enjoyed the episode as much as I did, please give us that five-star review. It makes the world a difference. And even just tell a friend, 
I mean, this is all grassroots. I'm just, I'm just one guy. I don't have a marketing team or anything. I'm just here in my office making these. So just, just tell somebody, spread it. We're just trying to get like-minded people and celebrate that. That's all we, that's all we do here. Hit that follow button. So you get a new episode in your queue each week. You can follow me on Twitter at coach underscore K O V O uh, for any new updates. If you want to reach out, you can hit me up on Twitter, or you can also uh, send us an email if you want to team player podcast at gmail.com. And then we lift up our own inside of here. Like I said, if you have a suggestion, shoot it to me and I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to that coach and, and get him on the show. The cover art and music for the team player podcast is provided by two of my former players. The cover arts by Kaiser St. Cyr and our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avery self-titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avery That's A V R I O N. All right, coach Sal, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much all the team players out there for your support and we'll catch y'all down the road. And I always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind. Insuring them, I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family.